Uh, good morning, everyone. So how many of you subscribe to our Friday newsletter? You get that on Friday afternoons. Yeah, the majority of you. If you don't, you might want to do that. It's the best way to stay informed as to what's happening. We don't print a, a paper bulletin or anything like that. It's just a little short update as to what's happening. Now, uh, some of you know this because a couple of years ago, I happened to be the person writing the little lead blurb, as we sometimes call it. And it happened to fall on April Fool's Day, and so I kind of had this little spontaneous idea to get a little silly with this, and so I wrote this little thing announcing that Brody Jesperson, my colleague and friend and teammate, had just accepted a new role with 100 Huntley Street. He's going to move to Toronto to host this television show. I did write in there, if you kept on reading, that this was an April Fool's joke, but a lot of people didn't read the whole couple of paragraphs, and so... Brody has spent, you're still getting it, right? Brody has spent the last couple of years fielding inquiries. It was really fun. I, the first weekend after that happened, he was out there in the lobby. He had a team of people around him going, oh, what's happening? Like that. It was so well executed. I was really happy. A couple, a couple people left the church over it because they thought the pastor shouldn't lie. Anyway, it was a thing. And so... I am very cautious to write things in that little e-news because of that. I know I'm a little sensitive. When I wrote on Friday that this was going to be the best message, the best sermon you've ever heard in your life, I was not screwing around. I'm not kidding you. Like, I am so confident in what I'm about to share with you today that this will be the best sermon you've ever heard in your life. I don't care if you've been going to church for decades. You might have been here on the first weekend we existed as a church. You might have been part of this church for 60 years and heard hundreds or thousands of sermons. None will top what you're about to experience in the next few minutes. Are you interested in something like that? Okay. Then hear the words of Jesus as preserved for us in the Gospel of Matthew, starting in chapter 5. One day, as Jesus was teaching, crowds began to gather around him, and so he sat down with his disciples, and he began to teach them, saying, God actually blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn. They will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say evil things about you because you're my followers. Be happy about it. Be glad. For great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. You, and you, and you are the salt of the earth. 
Now, what good is salt if it loses its flavor? Can you make it salty again? No, it's thrown out. It's trampled underfoot and considered worthless. You. You. And you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. I mean, no one places a, a lamp under a basket. No, instead, a, a lamp or a light is always placed on a stand so it can give light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine. Let your light shine. Let your good deeds be seen by all so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Now, don't misunderstand why I've come. I've not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I, I actually came to accomplish their purpose. And I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called least in the kingdom of God. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better, unless it actually exceeds that of the, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You've heard, haven't you, that our ancestors were told you must not murder but if you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you're subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, well, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in the danger of hell. So if you're presenting a, a sacrifice at the altar, at the temple, and suddenly you remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there. Leave it on the altar. Go and be reconciled. Be reconciled to that person. Then come offer your sacrifice to God. And when you're on your way to the court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to a judge and that judge will hand you over to an officer and you may be thrown in prison. And if that happens, you won't be free again until you have paid back every last penny. You've heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery? Well, I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust gouge it out. Throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your strong hand, causes you to sin, cut it off. Throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And you've heard the law that says a man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. But I say that a man who divorces his wife unless she's been unfaithful causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. You've also heard 
that our ancestors were told, you must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows you make to the Lord. But I say, don't even make any vows. Do not say by heaven, because heaven is God's throne. And do not say by the earth, because the earth is God's footstool. And do not say by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Do not even say by my head. I mean, you can't even turn one hair white or black. Just, just say a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond that is from the evil one. And you've heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. The eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say, don't even resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer them up the other cheek. If you're sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat as well. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who ask to borrow. You've heard the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Oh, but I say love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And in that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight both to the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. I mean, if you only love those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you're kind to your friends, how are you different than anybody else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect. Perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now watch out. Watch out for some things. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. You will reward, you will lose your reward from your Father in heaven. And when you give to someone in need, don't do what the hypocrites do, you know, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets and calling all kinds of attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received their entire reward. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what the right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private so that your father, who sees everything, by the way, will reward you. And don't pray like the hypocrites play, publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everybody can see them. I tell you, that is all the reward they will ever get. So when you pray, Go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your father in secret. Then your father, who sees everything, will reward you. And by the way, when you pray, don't, don't babble on and on as Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating the same words over and over and over again. Don't be like them. Listen, your father knows exactly what you need before you even ask. In fact, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. 
And when you fast, don't make it so obvious as the hypocrites do, for they love to look miserable and disheveled, so people admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they'll get. So when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice what you're doing except your father, who knows everything that happens in private. And your father, who sees everything, will reward you. And don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Instead, store up treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal because, because, because wherever your treasure is, wherever you are focused, that's where the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light to your whole body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And the light you think you have is actually darkness. And how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters. For you will love one and hate the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You absolutely cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And so this is why I tell you not to worry about your everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? I mean, look around at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? And why do you even worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon, all of his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully For wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat and what will we wear and what will we drink. These things, that's what dominates the hearts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. So seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will come with its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And do not judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging others is the standard that will be used to judge you. So why do you worry about that speck in your friend's eye when you have like a big log hanging out of your own eye? How can you even think of telling your friend, here, let me help you get that speck out of your eye when you can't see past the log in your eye? Hypocrite! First get rid of the log in your own eye. Then, and only then, will you see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They'll trample the pearls, and they may even turn and attack you. Keep on asking, 
and you will receive what you're asking for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, you parents that are here, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? So knowing that, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide and many will choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult. And only a few ever find it. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep when in reality they're vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Listen, a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce good fruit and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. So every tree that is not good is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, you can identify a tree by its fruit. You can also identify a person by their actions. And not everybody who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, in fact, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we, we prophesied in your name and we cast out demons in your name. We performed miracles in your name. But I'll reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Because, and I'll sum it up like this, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's actually built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is, well, frankly, foolish. It's, it's like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and those winds beat against the house, it'll collapse. It'll just collapse like a mighty crash. And when Jesus had finished saying these things, crowds were amazed at his teaching. For he taught like one with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of the law. Amen.
hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. When darkness seems to On this 60th anniversary weekend, I am uh, in a pretty reflective, uh, rec reflective space. I want to personally just take a moment to acknowledge um, those who were here before all of us. Hundreds, thousands uh, of attenders, members, givers, servants, children, teenagers, adults, pastors, leaders, um, who all worked together over these last six decades to create something very special and unique on this corner. And so I'm very grateful for every single person who have um, just shaped and formed our community and our family over these decades. So as we look ahead to the next era, we rally around the purpose Brody described earlier, our raison d'etre, our reason for being, to be a place where young and old and everybody in between can belong and become deeply rooted followers of Jesus. We stand on him. We aspire to be a safe place, a loving community, a place to belong. But by the way, as I'll remind you again and again, belonging is just the starting point. We really want to make the and matter to connect belonging and becoming with the and. And so our aspiration is that everyone who participates in this faith community becomes, they belong and become a deeply rooted follower of the one we were just singing about. All of that to say, we're a Jesus church. We long to be people who've organized their lives, really, around Jesus. Because after all, he is the one who said at the conclusion of the greatest sermon any of us have ever heard, 
Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows that teaching is like a wise person who built their house, who built the foundation of their life on solid rock. And so here's what's coming next as we enter into our seventh decade. Between now and Advent, we're going to take Jesus at his word. We're going to take seriously the words of Jesus. We're going to study and we're going to discuss and we're going to apply the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to go right back through what we just experienced today. It's the segment of Matthew's gospel which has been read by more people and studied by more scholars and quoted by more writers and has changed more lives than any talk in human history. And so I would encourage you to engage with us these next few weeks. You can do this online, you can do this in person, you can do this individually, you can do this as couples or life groups, small groups, family circles, friendship circles. This is, I think, just an ideal time in the history of our church to review the core of the core. And given all that's going on in our world right now, it's a perfect time to master and seek to be mastered by the greatest talk ever given, also by the presence and the power of the one who gave it. And one quick disclaimer I wish to make. The messages over the next eight weeks or so that you will hear from myself and from Brody and from Rita will not be the greatest sermons you've ever heard. Okay? Can I just say that like that? We'll do our best. They will not be the best sermons you'll ever hear. But they will absolutely be 100% about the greatest sermon ever given. And so with that, if you're able, would you stand with me? And I'd like to close in prayer. And I'm going to pray a prayer that uh, I, don't, I didn't have anything written out. Sometimes I write stuff. Sometimes I just, you know, from the heart. Last night I did this in this moment. And because it's 60th anniversary, I started with a thanksgiving prayer. And something happened to me in the moment that I was not expecting in that I had this flashback of faces that came to me. And it's going to happen again, I can tell. Because um, when I think about those who came before, many are gone. They're no longer with us. But I've been here long enough that I was friends with them, and I knew them, and I worked with them, and served with them, and in many cases, I did their funerals. And so I'm going to pray. I'm getting emotional already. But I'll invite you to do the same thing. Just reflect back with thanksgiving and joy at our brothers and sisters, uh, many of whom are gone. Let's thank God. So Father God, it is with tremendous humility as best that I can muster that I'd say thank you for allowing me to be one of the stewards of this unique church. Thank you for the beautiful men and women, children, youth that have formed and shaped this community, especially those who 60 years plus ago had a bold vision, sacrificed, served, gave, hung in, and probably even had moments of, is this really going to happen? And they pushed through, they persisted, they, they grabbed hold of your promises and said, no, we really think we're called to, to start something in little Campbelltown. And today, we're here because of what they did. And so I honor them, I thank them, I bless them, I thank you for them, many of whom are with you and not with us. And so as we now turn our faces toward the future, we continue to ask for your protection and provision on this place, that you would guide us, that you would just show us how you would have us continue to fulfill more and more of our redemptive potential. And may you find us faithful 
and grabbing hold of that part of the sermon we just heard where it says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and give praise to your Father in heaven. That's our goal. Make that happen in and through us. We submit ourselves to you. We acknowledge you, Christ, our solid rock. Now walk with us as we commit ourselves to walking in your way. In your name we pray these things. Amen. God bless everybody. Have a great afternoon.